Somewhere near you is a Bible. Would you open it up with me to page 1032? It's where you can find Revelation chapter 7. If you're watching at home, grab your Bible, open up your phone, your Bible app, whatever it is. I want to encourage you to bring your own Bible as well, but if you've got a church Bible, it's page 1032. And while you're turning there, let me ask you this question. Do you remember the last movie that you saw in the theater? Do you remember those? Remember that back in the day? The last movie that you saw in the theater. I was thinking about that this week. I think for me it was December of 2019, almost two years ago, uh, Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars movie, and I wanted to see the last Star Wars movie on the big screen. So Jackie and I my wife, we went to late dinner after we, you know, got the babysitter after work, and then we went to an even later movie, and I fell asleep. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, and then, uh, you know, the last movie I saw at home, I was, I was thinking about that. Uh, we rented the Paw Patrol movie from Amazon. Have you seen this? There's a lot going on in Adventure Bay these days, my friends. You should probably catch up. And so uh, we watch it with our kids uh, who are four and eight and uh, laying on the couch and I fell asleep. What are you doing? I realized that uh, I'm 40 years old now. I'm at the age where uh, paying to see a movie is really just paying someone else so that I can take a nap. <laughs> it works out good. But my favorite thing about going to the movies in the theater is showing up on time, and for me, on time means early enough, not simply to get my seat, but on time when the lights go down and the sneak previews begin. The trailers for the coming attractions, movies that are coming out. And what amazes me is that editors can take a two-hour movie and boil it down to the essential ingredients in two minutes. So we meet the characters, the setting, uh, we see where the story takes place, and we get just enough of the story to get a glimpse of how it goes without giving away the way that it ends. You know, there are always those, some trailers where you think, well, I felt like I just watched the whole movie. Why do I need to go see, you know, go see it? Because I just feel like I watched it in the trailer. You know what we have here in Revelation chapter 7? the sneak preview of the way that our stories end. If we zoom in, we get introduced to the people, the, not characters, but the real life people, people from the story of our lives who are there in heaven, who we will be with. We see where these events take place. We hear a conversation, and there's action that takes place here. So what I'd like to do together over the next few minutes would simply to hit pause first, and then hit play second. To pause, and to move the camera around the words of this text, and to look closely at the things that John sees. 
The details that he notices, that he's recorded for us to read today. We've been looking at the letters to the churches. We've said that the book of Revelation is written to the recipients, and yet at the same time, it is also for us. And these words here in chapter 7 are in the middle of very dark and disturbing things that happened before this text and after this text, in chapters before and in chapters after. This is like the eye in the middle of the storm. These are words of comfort and hope that are for them, and yet they are also for us. In the time in which we live, the middle of our lives today. So first, let's hit pause. We'll zoom in, and then we'll hit play. And listen to the dialogue and see the action that John sees here. You got your Bible open? I hope you do. Page 1032. Let's begin. Let's hit pause and see what John sees. First four words. John says, After this, I looked. And if you remember, we're looking at these events through John's eyes. This is the lens through which he sees them, and he's using human language to record these amazing, brilliant things that are taking place. And John isn't simply far away on the sidelines watching these things from afar. As we're going to see in just a moment, he's involved, he's in this scene himself. Where are we? You might say, well, uh, a bunch of revelations talking about what happens in heaven. Sure, but, but where in heaven are we? We began this series, Jesus Wins, a couple weeks ago, started in chapter 4, and the conversation that John has, the things that he sees, takes place here in this section of Revelation in the throne room of heaven. This is a physical place. This isn't some mystical uh, reality with clouds and cute baby angels playing harps. It's a real place. This is where we are. What about when we are as we read these things with John? Well, just prior to this, Jesus opens a scroll with a description of the tribulation, which is a way of describing, in one word, all of the broken things that we've been experiencing since the fall of mankind and humankind, the fall of creation, and everything in history that's taken place, all the dark things since those days. So, if you look back, and if you want to flip back, go ahead. We can find in chapter 5, the four horsemen. You know that phrase, the four horsemen of the apocalypse? four linebackers from Notre Dame about 100 years ago. Death and disease and famine and war. These aren't new things that we're waiting for. These are things that we have been experiencing since the fall. And so when these things take place, they're in the present, this broken age that we've been in since the fall. Look at verse 15. Look, let's zoom in. Look at the tense of these verbs. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. Friends, grammar, police, what are the tense of these verbs? They're present, not future. What does Jesus say to the thief on the cross? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Not someday, not if you're good enough, not if you wait long enough. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. So when are we? We're, we're in the present. We're not in the future. And so these things that we're, John is seeing here, they're happening in heaven right now. It's when we are, but who is here? Front and center. Let's keep reading from verse 9. Let's go back there. After this, I looked. 
And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne. What a beautiful picture of the diversity of the church. Standing before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Can you picture the white robes in your mind and what's in their hands? Palm branches. Where have we seen these before? The arrival of the King of Jesus in Jerusalem. Verse 10, And crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. These are the saints before the throne. Not super or spiritual superheroes with supernatural spiritual powers. You know, unfortunately, our Catholic brothers and sisters have co-opted this word. Throughout the scriptures, the saints refer to people who are forgiven by Jesus and made holy by him. And so these multitude, these people before the throne are saints in heaven. You're one of them too because you're forgiven and because you belong to Jesus. But these ones here, front and center, at the beginning of our text, we zoom in, multitude that no one could count are your loved ones who have gone before you. I mean, for centuries, as a Christian church, we've had a practice of honoring our loved ones who have died in the faith. In a few moments, I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to read the names of your loved ones who have died in the faith in the last 12 months. Your grandparents. I'm going to read the name of two of my own grandfathers who have passed away this last year. And your parents. And your sisters. And your brothers. And your friends. And your children. Your children who you have not yet met because they died in the womb. And whether the name of someone who you know is read aloud or not, our minds, our hearts can't help but drift to the people that we've lost in the last 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. And what John is showing us here, when we hit pause, is that these are the saints before the throne of God. That's where they are. Not someday, but they are there today. When we hit pause, let's hit play and see beyond the details in this frame. Let's listen to what John hears, the dialogue, and see the action that he sees. Verse 13, the camera pans to the side, and John has this conversation with one of the elders. The elders is someone who simply represents the saints. One of the 24 elders, it's numbered earlier in Revelation, verse 13 says, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying... Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? John's not sure what to say, so he doesn't really give an answer. He says, Sir, 
you know. This is like the teacher called on you in class and you weren't ready to answer, and rather than say, I don't know, you say to the teacher, well, you tell me the answer. That's what John does here. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are those coming out of the great tribulation. It's a lot of debate in Christian circles about the timing of when this great tribulation takes place. Is it something that's going to get worse? The great tribulation that's in the future, maybe Jesus, that's what he's saying in Matthew chapter 25 at the end of his ministry when he's teaching. Um, is it something that we're already living in right now is what we would say as well. But the focal point here is not when these things take place so much as it is on those who are coming out of the great tribulation, the ones who are passing from death Death to life into the rest that's prepared for those who belong to Christ who are sealed by him. How does that action take place? Verse 14 says, they have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb. It seems vivid, right? I mean, can you picture this in your mind? This is like what uh, Isaiah says in chapter one, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become wool. The stain of your sin dipped in blood comes out white. Verse 15, the action continues. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. This is the same verb, shelter them, that we find in John chapter 1, where John, the same John, says the word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It says there that he tented among us in the original Greek. Some translations here in Revelation chapter 7 say the same thing, that the, the word, he who sits on the throne, will shelter them with the tent of his presence. Verse 16, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them or any scorching heat. Verse 17, the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. I think that nine out of ten funerals that I do, I stand right here and we read responsibly the words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Verse 17, and he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Verse 4 of Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death on either side of me and before me and behind me are very difficult, disturbing things. I will fear no evil for I know that you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But here, my friends, in Revelation chapter 7, there are no enemies. Just the presence of the shepherd. You know how Psalm 23 concludes, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, Revelation chapter 7 is Psalm 23 realized. 
the presence of the shepherd who spreads his tent, who shelters us, again, with his presence. This is what we see when we hit play. The dialogue that we hear between the elder and John, the action that we see centered on those who have come out of the tribulation and the shepherd at the center. Now, I want to say one more thing. The thing about sneak previews is that you get a glimpse of the story without the ending. Now, here in Revelation chapter 27, we have a glimpse of the story, but without the ending, because as good as this ending is, there's another one to come. As good as this is, there's more. There's a day coming when Jesus will return to earth to conquer death, the last enemy to be defeated once and for all. There's a day coming when Jesus will come back and raise our mortal bodies from the ground and give us a new glorified body. There's a day coming when Jesus will return and renew this broken creation in the new heavens and the new earth. There is more to come as good as this is, and you'll be there too. Because this is your story. You know, you know, movies, works of fiction, someone else's story. Someone else wrote it. Someone else started in it. Even movies that are based on true events or inspired are a stretch at best. This story, my friends, is a true story. And this one is your story. And it is a coming attraction, a coming reality for you and you've already got a spot reserved at his table. Your seat is saved, and on that day he will shelter you with his presence, and you'll join saints and archangels and all the company of heaven, and the best news is all, my friends, is that you don't have to wait. That today, he sets a table for you. And bread and wine, his body and blood, he shelters you with his presence forgives your sin, strengthens your faith, sure, and connects you to saints and archangels and all the company of heaven who await the day when you will join them, but yet at the same time, in the Lord's Supper today that you'll take right here, you are with them. As the Lamb, as Jesus Christ himself, shelters you with his presence. In the name of the one, Jesus Christ, who died, who rose, who came, and who will come again for you, and who has come for all the saints above. Amen.